Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Great America Show. Now, what may be a surprising development, recent polls show that more Americans are now identifying as evangelical Christians. It turns out that in many quarters of this country, it's actually cool to be Christian. Christians have always thought it was pretty cool, my wife and I among them, but in large measure, thanks to Donald Trump, religion is back in the public square, often at the center of a number of public policy issues that include, for example, the right to life, the new heartbeat law in Texas, which uses science as its foundation for when life begins in order to protect life itself. And the left has never felt more threatened because the science of life is a mighty mantle and shield for truth. The right of all American citizens to choose whether to vaccinate or not, and for many, the right to assemble in church to worship their God, constitutional rights under the First Amendment, assuring freedom of religion. On The Great America Show, we will always debate the issues, and God will have a prominent place in such debates. We're joined now by Dr. Robert Jeffress, who is a great American, a great friend, and a great pastor. Pastor Jeffress is a best-selling author as well, television and radio host. His programs are called Pathway to Victory, and he's senior pastor at the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. It is great, Pastor, to have you with us. As when last we spoke, Christianity uh, remains under assault from this administration, the left, uh, in, in your state, Texas, challenging the abortion law which the Supreme Court looks like it will settle once and for all. I'd like to get your judgment first uh, for our audience as to the importance of that law, uh, one of a kind in the nation, uh, and its importance to the pro-life movement. Well, Lou, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to be back with you again. And, you know, I, I for one, was really pleasantly surprised that the Supreme Court has allowed this Texas law that uh, uh, bans abortions after six weeks or there's a detection of a fetal heartbeat. It has uh, prohibited that. And the Supreme Court has continued to let that stand. Uh, we know we have a pro-life uh, predominantly Supreme Court, uh, thanks in large part to President Trump. Uh, But I never thought they would go this far uh, in protecting life. So I'm very surprised, but very pleasantly surprised by what's happening. Now, we don't know what the final uh, verdict is going to be on this law. They may pull back on some issues. But what I find uh, encouraging is uh, conservatives, conservative justices are following the science on this. They're telling 
happiness. You know, that's not a biological blob in a mother's womb. It's a human being. And uh, I just think the left is so hypocritical. They say, follow the science. Well, we are following the science, and that's why we hold the sanctity of life dear. So I think this is a very encouraging uh, uh, development, and uh, more is yet to come. And uh, and surely will uh, the state of Texas uh, doing what it can to defend the the law, uh, the Supreme Court uh, signaling uh, that it's going to be very serious and uh, objective, it appears, uh, in assessing this this law under the Constitution. I have to say to you, I personally think there's never been a pro-life law on the books anywhere that is uh, that is stronger or better reasoned or more likely to succeed. Your, your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's exactly right. There has never been a law this conservative, this uh, uh, favorable toward life. And one way you know it's a landmark decision, Lou, is Planned Parenthood is absolutely in a frenzy. In fact, my wife Amy and I received a mailing just yesterday from Planned Parenthood with a bumper sticker to put on our car, just uh, sounding the alarm that uh, this is terrible. And when you've got Planned Parenthood, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Democrat Party, when you have them pushing back and uh, saying we have an emergency state here, you know the Supreme Court's doing the right thing. Absolutely. And guess what's going on right now? Vice President Kamala Harris is campaigning, and she's campaigning in churches. Is that what you would have expected uh, the <laughs> vice president of the United States to be doing uh, in this uh, in this very interesting political year? That's what I would have expected this <laughs> vice president to have done, Lou. I mean, look, I, I've got to point out to your audience the absolute hypocrisy of the left on this and the hypocrisy of the Biden Internal Revenue Service. Just a couple of months ago, we had a case that came forward with a group here in Texas called Christians Engaged. They were a group that encouraged people to go out and vote, not for a particular candidate, but to vote their, quote, biblical convictions. And the IRS denied their tax-exempt application, saying that when you uh, encourage people to vote their biblical values, that is the same as voting Republican values. I mean, that's unbelievable that the IRS would say that, but they said that's partisan, you can't do it. And now you've got Kamala Harris, who is a part of the executive branch that oversees the Internal Revenue Service, recording a video that's being shown in 300 churches in Virginia, in which she says to the congregation, you sent Joe and me to the White House last year. I'm asking you now to send Terry McAuliffe to the governorship of Virginia. You know, Lou, when we had Vice President Pence in 2020 in our church, we followed every IRS regulation to the T. I mean, we didn't mention that he was a candidate for office. I didn't endorse him. He didn't make a plea for votes. Uh, we did everything by the book. Uh, these churches that show this are doing everything everything against the law. But guess who the IRS will end up investigating? It's always uh, Christian conservative groups that they go after. And no question about it. Uh, and, and there's no outcry, of course, uh, from the churches where she's very welcome, obviously. But there is the acceptance of hypocrisy uh, and really wrongdoing. Uh, there's no standard of, of uh, integrity or ethic on the part of those churches in which they knowingly violate 
uh, the Internal Revenue Service law and the fact that it's accepted by the IRS, uh, that the administration is in power, is really not an excuse nor uh, an acceptable rationalization of such behavior, particularly by a church. Well, and Lou, I'm going to make a prediction to your audience right now, and it's a prediction that is not just a prediction. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about when I tell you this. In the next few months, I predict there is going to be explosive evidence that comes to the public light that the Internal Revenue Service is specifically targeting conservative groups once again, just like they did in 2013. You watch and you're going to see it happen. How soon? I would say in the next two to three months, the evidence will come forward. Well, that will be quite a headline, uh, but it's a headline you made here first, and we appreciate that, Pastor. You bet. Uh, the Biden administration not only wants to be able to campaign in churches of its choice, but also wants obviously mandates for almost everything, but certainly for the COVID vaccine, uh, another forcing employers to cover the cost of gender surgeries against moral and religious beliefs. At, at what point is the Biden administration, will it be forced to withdraw, to back off uh, and to end this overreach or will it simply get, get worse? You know, Lou, at some point, when I look at the Bible, when I look at God's Word, at some point, it is going to get worse. I mean, the Bible tells us that in the final seven years of Earth's history, before the Lord's return, there is going to be an Antichrist, a great world leader who rules with an iron fist, and uh, uh, everything is a mandate. You can't speak. You can't trade. You can't do anything without government approval. Now, let me be clear. I'm not suggesting Joe Biden is the Antichrist. One way I know that is the Bible says the Antichrist will have much higher poll ratings than Joe Biden does. But that's an aside there I won't get into. But I'm saying there is going to come a time when there's a completely totalitarian government. I'm not saying this administration is it. I think this administration is failing spectacularly. I mean, you look at the poll numbers, they're plummeting. But I do think think uh, there is a future time coming when we're going to see these mandates. And, you know, this gender surgery, these mandates for employers to cover the cost, that is ludicrous. I mean, here you've got some guy prancing around in a dress up there in Washington, D.C., this uh, guy who goes by the name of Rachel Levine that uh, Biden appointed to be the assistant uh, director of public health. What is that all about? It is ludicrous. Again, if we follow science, God made us either male or female. It's not male, female, or question mark. I mean, gender is not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of chromosomes. Uh, Congressman Jim Banks said uh, that the first uh, female four-star admiral is, in point of fact, a man. Which, yes, <laughs> it, it, it's which just ludicrous. Try, trying to demonstrate the, uh, the absurdity of it all. Uh, it's 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 stunning what we're accepting. It's stunning what we're permitting, and it's almost as though the country is is on some in some ways in a, a, a constant fog. Uh, up is down, right is wrong. Uh, we are watching things. You know, I I don't know what people thought about uh, you know uh, homosexual marriage and when that was institutionalized, but all of the warnings that we got about what that would unleash are coming true. Yes. Uh, 
and, and it's it, it's I, I don't know where where does this end? Uh, will the will the government have a mandate? Uh, be able to mandate uh, who will be uh, uh, receiving gender surgery? I, this is this is getting to quite some level now. Well, I mean, you have uh, uh, situations right now where uh, children who go through gender confusion, and why wouldn't they be confused with all of the messaging that's coming out from the left? Uh, but uh, they're, you know, I think you're going to see the day when uh, children are taken away from their parents if they try to, quote, indoctrinate them about gender and that there really is such a thing as male and female. I don't think there's any end to this. But, you know, you make a great point, Lou, when you talk about, you know, we don't know up from down. The Bible talks about people who reject a knowledge of the true God. They became darkened in their understanding so that they believed a lie rather than the truth. And I think that's what's happening. I think when people reject the knowledge of God and his word, they just become absolutely clouded, misguided, confused in their thinking. And we're seeing that in our country right now. I occasionally think about uh, my own particularly high school uh, education in which we had uh, church uh, seminaries uh, for for Catholics, for uh, Mormons as well, uh, and, and Protestants could do what they wanted, prayer in the classroom. And all of that is no longer requir- required. It is no longer permitted. And instead, there is this uh, just a tsunami of madness that is pouring out of our TV sets. Uh, Media is controlling the minds of most of these students. And if not the the media, the left-wing national media, then in the schoolrooms, it's the left-wing teachers and what is a program of indoctrination more than substantive education. We're in a very, very dangerous uh, point in time. We are, Lou, and you make a great point about our universities. I mean, most people don't know this, but 92% of our first 138 universities in this country were started as Christian institutions, Mm -hmm. and that includes Harvard, Yale, William & Mary. These were all Christian institutions. You go back to their original handbooks. They would say our purpose is to make Jesus Christ known to our students. I mean, it's just unbelievable what you found in those handbooks. Books. And yet now you have Harvard hiring their first atheist chaplain. I doubt he's going to help them find Jesus Christ. It's just madness. Uh, my alma mater has surprised me over the decades since I graduated. But I have to say that one uh, is uh, <laughs> that is in a class all of its own. <laughs> I, I can't even begin to, uh, to understand it, let alone explain it. Uh, Let's turn uh, to to the COVID vaccine mandates and how that's been used against religion. Uh, your thoughts uh, is is government at least taking a pause here because the popular will is being expressed in so many ways that mandates are simply not the way the United States operates. You know, Lou, there is usually very little difference or daylight between us. We may see this a little bit differently. Uh, you've allowed me to express the view. Sure. Fr- Franklin Graham and I have both come out in favor of the vaccines. We mm-hmm. believe that people ought to be vaccinated if their doctor says it's okay, that... Uh, 
think it was one of the great accomplishments of the Trump administration, Operation Warp Speed, to make those vaccines available in record time. And uh, I just think uh, uh, Joe Biden has done what's almost inconceivable to make a gift like the vaccine something people don't want. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Uh, but he, he's managed to pull that off. And frankly, I think uh, Joe Biden would have been much more successful in getting people vaccinated if during his State of the Union, or not State of the Union, his inauguration address, he would have paid homage to President Trump. He would have mm-hmm. thanked President Trump for having the foresight to get these vaccines. You know, uh, Lou, even if he didn't mean it in his heart, if he would have just said that, that would have brought a large segment of the American people into the fold and encouraged them to get vaccinated. I think that was a huge blunder on his part uh and it's a bl- his next blunder it looks like is being mitigated a bit because it appears that uh, corporate america is now saying there will be no mandate mm-hmm. uh until after the holidays uh, they've gotten a very clear signal that many americans do not want to take this vaccine uh and uh, as you say we disagreed on a very few things and and we've done so uh you know, it's, it's who we are. We're Americans. We can <laughs> That's disagree, right. right? Absolutely. Uh, the the reality is, my wife and I are vaccinated. Uh, our our family's vaccinated, uh, and we're proud to have been amongst the first to get a booster. You know, uh, because of our age. The but I have there's nothing in me that says I'm going to decide for somebody else what they're going to do. Uh, I I think everyone who wants it should have it. Uh, without question. But it's a very difficult thing now uh, where we have, uh, and in part, my reasoning is this, Pastor, we have enough mandates of various kinds that have seeped into our society, our free American society, that I, I want everybody to remember this is a country of choices. We don't always make the right choice. We don't uh, always uh, see farther than the next person uh, in making choices. But that, when we give the American people their will, good things happen. Great things mm-hmm. happen. Things like America. <laughs> and I, I can't defend freedom without defending a man and woman's right not to do something uh, that I would choose to do. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to offer the viewpoint, and I, uh, first of all, respect you and many in my church who share your view exactly about that. I have always thought that this is a little bit different because it's not just about me and my choice, but what I do has effect on other people. And, uh, you know, we do require uh, certain vaccinations for kids to go to school. And uh, so I don't think it's out of the realm uh, that uh, it's something the government could mandate. But again, I think the president could have made this much more uh, uh, appealing to people if he had done it in a different way. But I certainly respect your viewpoint, Lou, and that of many, many Americans, apparently. Yeah, you make it sound like you're surprised that many Americans and I would agree on something. <laughs> I'm never surprised. <laughs> you know, to that, you know, but to that point, uh, this is a this is a time in which we've we've never been this divided. In my opinion, I'm a product of the '60s, uh, and I saw a division. This this is a new level of yes. toxicity and division in our country that is very dangerous as well as dispiriting. Oh, I think it is too. I don't think we've 
been as divided. You know, a crisis like we've gone through, uh, that should have brought the American people together, but it's pushed us further apart than ever before. And uh, I think we're at a dangerous state in our country right now. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that in that regard, uh, what my hope would be is that the American people insist of their leaders that they be persuaded, uh, not, not uh, coerced, not ordered uh, by government, but stand before the American people and, and say your piece. Uh, convince your fellow representatives in Congress, your fellow senators, uh, or in the state assemblies and, and houses of representatives uh, or senates. Uh, this is a time when people need to be persuaded and not led like dogs uh, uh, toward a gate they don't want to go through. And I, I'm, I'm very concerned that that default is that everybody else is an idiot and I'm a genius uh, <laughs> attitude uh, on, so, on, the, on the part of so many. You know, if you're a Republican, you're a fool. If you're a Democrat, you're a fool and vice versa. Yes. Uh, and, and some some wag might say, well, you're both right. You know? But uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, this is a time for higher and loftier leadership, not based coercion. That is just another step toward, in my opinion, authoritarianism that is that has nothing to do with this great country. Well, you that's get the right. last word on this. Lou, I think you're absolutely right on this. And what we've got to do is push back at every place we can against the cancel culture that wants to cancel out viewpoints that aren't popular or may not be in keeping with the present government. I think that's the most dangerous thing approaching America right now is this cancel culture. And one thing I appreciate about you is you're willing to let all viewpoints be expressed. Liberals don't want to let that happen. They want to silence any views that aren't in lockstep with their own. And, and I want to ask you too, as we, as we're wrapping up here, uh, as we're approaching uh, the end of the, uh, of the podcast, uh, some say that we're seeing without question, uh, a blatant satanic presence in all of this, uh, in which we're witnessing, uh, bookstores carrying woke children's books, uh, a, a new craze. Uh, anti-racist baby and teacher dragon about diversity. Do you think those are being balanced with books that say the truth about God, the story of Daniel, Noah's Ark, or <laughs> hundreds of other great stories? No. No. And Lou, you've hit on the real cause of what we're experiencing right now. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the power of unstable spiritual forces of wickedness. It sounds like loony talk to people who don't understand a spiritual perspective, but there is an unseen but real spiritual battle that's going on, not only for the soul of our country, but the souls of individuals in the country. I mean, just think about it. You had the satanic temple objecting to the Texas abortion bill because they said uh, abortions were a part of their satanic ritual. And uh, that's the kind of country uh, we have right now. Now, where you have those things not only allowed, but uh, in some corners celebrated. So this is a spiritual war that's going on, and that's why we need to pray for America. We need to pray for every American. And, th and think, Pastor, uh, we permit uh, th this these woke children's books, so-called, or anything but woke. Uh, uh, we permit them. We're permissive. Uh, but we won't 
step up and say, this is not appropriate for those children. This is not appropriate. And here is our mandate, uh, because we do not want our young people corrupted uh, and uh, Satan to have his way uh, with our children and, and God Almighty uh, to be ignored and, in fact, shunned at the bookstore. Uh, I, I, we're in a, a time that is hard to explain. It's hard to understand. It is difficult, difficult uh, to accept. That, that's right, Lou, and I know you're wrapping up here, but I've got to point this out. Please. For the first 100 years of our nation's history, the New, New England primer was used in, in schools all across this country where they actually memorized Scripture. They used the acrostic from the alphabet about A, B, C, and everyone had a Scripture verse attached to it. And now you can't mention God. You can't the Bible, you can't pray. And I would ask your audience, what has changed? Why is it for the first 150 years of our nation history, this was allowed and now it's no longer allowed? Did the Constitution change? Of course not. What changed is we've allowed the liberals, the atheists, the humanists to seize control of our country, of our Constitution, and pervert it into something our forefathers never intended. And the truth is, it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. And until we go back to that and teaching that, our nation is going to continue to be adrift. All I can say to that is amen. And uh, we want to, uh, to hear more of your thinking on all of this, because this, this is a time to, to lift spirits, and no one does it better than Pastor Robert Jeffress. Uh, and I've asked Pastor Jeffress to join us here whenever he can. And uh, I look forward to a continuing conversation with a man who knows good, who knows God, and knows this great nation. Pastor Robert Jeffress, thanks for being with us. Lou, it's great to be back with you again. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. The Judicial Watch organization has been at the forefront of investigations into a host of important national issues, border security human smuggling, and the impact of critical race theory in our schools and the left-wing effort to replace parents as the stewards of their children's education. Judicial Watch is investigating everything from supply chain disruptions and the irregularities of the 2020 presidential election to the Biden family corruption. Chris Farrell is the Judicial Watch Director of Investigations and Research He's a distinguished military graduate of Fordham. He served as a military intelligence officer specializing in counterintelligence. He's also a distinguished fellow of the Gatestone Institute and the author of the compelling new book, Exiled Emissary, a terrific read we recommend to you highly. Chris Farrell, with everything that is going on in this mad country of ours right now, there is so much that you could be investigating. Which are your priorities? A huge priority for us, of course, is election integrity. That's a big, big issue because the American public has got a hell of a lot of question marks in their head about how their elections are being. And even if they vote, that's, that's great. But what about who's counting the votes? Right? Another huge issue for us is Biden corruption. There's, look, there should be a special counsel appointed to investigate Biden family finances and what's going on there and the pressure and influence from outside, such as China, right? Undoubtedly. Uh, then we have an awful lot of people coming to us and expressing really grave concern over the insanity that they're seeing at the local level, counties and communities and towns 
with all this politicization of their kids' curriculum, whether they call it critical race theory or diversity, inclusion, and equity, or any of the other Marxist code words, there's a lot of folks around the country who are really fired up about what kind of garbage is being pumped into their kids' heads. That garbage is being uh, been pumped at uh, ever-increasing rates here in the last uh, number of years. But critical race theory, it, it's getting worse. The issues are ever, ever more complicated. And, and the left-wing national media is absent, if not complicit. And, and then the other part of that equation is you have uh, Merrick Garland, our illustrious attorney general, uh, you know, hand in glove with a, a lefty school board association, launching the Department of Justice and the FBI against parents who only want to go to a school board and confront these, uh, you know, uh, bureaucrats of the of the education aristocracy, the mandarins who control curriculum, and you know, trying to suppress parents from expressing their point of view and trying to criminalize it. This is, this is parallel to Obama using the IRS to go after the Tea Party movement and try to criminalize them. And now you have the Biden administration and Merrick Garland, uh, you know, having this chilling effect by essentially criminalizing or at least calling uh, suspects, parents who want to get involved at the local school board level and saying the FBI is going to investigate. This is really sick, sick stuff. It is sick. It is perverse. It is also unconscionable. And obviously by design, this is an effort on the part of the fascist left of this country. It's not just simply the radical Dems or the deep state. I, this is a a committed ideology that is actively, actively trying to intimidate American citizens, whether they be members of the U.S. Supreme Court or parents of children who have been exposed to the corruption and the ignorance of CRT or, or the threats of the FBI and the U.S. Justice Department against them, serving notice that they will construe uh, what their activities, their their complaints about the school board and the education system as domestic terrorism for crying out loud. We are in a new place, Chris Farrell. We are. And, uh, you know, it, it keeps going. I mean, this is a the ideology you reference isn't just on a couple of hot button issues. It's uniform and it's uh, it's monolithic. And, and what I'll point to is even the approach, the mentality, the, the political philosophy behind uh, issuing a mandate on vaccines, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, they're taking a healthcare question, a legitimate uh, you know, treatment and, and, and sort of a prophylactic measure that can be discussed and debated. It can be an individual choice or decision. Uh, they love talking about a, a woman and her doctor, or how about me and my doctor, right? They're all for choice, except when it comes to what they want to do. Then they want to jam vaccines down everybody's throats. And they're, they're talking about firing all federal employees who don't take the shot. Yeah, that includes, you know, special agents and Homeland Security. It includes military members, some very highly trained, specialized folks in, in the those sort of tier one units like, like the SEALs and Delta. 
I mean, they're going to they're going to throw these people out or put them in a box and not let them do their job. This this is a monolithic mentality where everything is either mandatory or forbidden, and it's the left's specialty. They are trying. They being the the fascist left in this country, and they are not led by Joe Biden, but represented by him. He is the face of that fascist left. He's their sock puppet. I mean, he's an empty suit. The guy's not even mentally with it, and they just use him as a as a prop. It's amazing to see the the country uh, watching this unfold. He has a 42% approval rating, a 42% approval rating. 71% of the country, according to the Chuck Todd NBC left-wing polling, this is their poll. 71% understand the country's going in the wrong direction. Now, I don't know what, what that 29% is holding on to, other than apparently their ideology and the hope that they can destroy America. This is a time of great peril, and there is, a, there is no countervailing influence, not corporate America, not unions, uh, none of the institutions that we've tri- typically been able to depend upon to assure free speech, that is our public school systems, our, our universities and colleges. They are left-wing ideologues indoctrinating before they can even begin to discuss educating our young people. I think the 42% number is high, frankly. I think the real number is down in the 20s or 30s. The reason I say that is because, look, it doesn't take some great political scientist or some you know media guru to look at the highest inflation in 10 years, the highest gas prices in eight years. Uh, you know, back in August, the number was 4.3 million people walked away from their jobs. Um, you know, when you, the inflation rate, when you go to the grocery store and you see the, the, the cost of milk, you know, jumping by 50%, when gasoline, uh, where I am, is, uh, you know, four and some change, uh, I have a family in California. I, I don't know. I mean, you must have to take out a mortgage to fill up your, your car in California. Uh, it, it, I mean, this is something that affects every single American, regardless of political party or affiliation. And so the 42, I think, is more like 25. Well, and, and when you talk about the inflation rate, listen, listen to this. This is from a friend of mine this morning who was telling me about discovering on his receipt he went down to the paint store, bought paint, and there on his receipt was a 4% charge added, a 4%, quote, supply chain charge. He asked the clerk about it, and he said, what is, what's for the supply chain? It's, uh, it's, he was told by the clerk, it's something that the company's higher-ups added on, like a tax, quote-unquote, like a tax. And that apparently is happening in lots of places and lots of businesses. So look at your receipts, folks, because now there's such a thing as a supply chain charge. Uh, And that's what we're facing. Uh, When business right now, business is passing along these charges, we're we are watching stealth inflation. We've got enough obvious and direct inflation, runaway inflation without this nonsense starting. Well, you know, I, I believe that there are legitimate uh, supply chain uh, sort of choke points or inefficiencies that exist out there. But frankly, you know, another part of me thinks that there are other folks who are actually thrilled 
that this whole supply chain thing, you know, they view as another opportunity uh, to leverage and to rip off and to uh, create additional sort of pressure points in the economy where they can exert their influence. And uh, I, 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 there's a legitimate part of it that's just, you know, workers and access to ports and trucking, et cetera. But there's another part of it, I think, that I believe is being deliberately manipulated in an effort to advance either personal profit or political leverage. Yeah, I think it's called price gouging in many cases, far too yes. many cases, Chris. We know, for example, in the lumber shortage, it resulted in 40, 60 percent hikes in prices uh, over the spring through uh, much of the summer. That, the lumber industry was holding back those shipments. Uh, so, and I'm talking about principally in Canada. We were, we were watching those stockpiles at the uh, wholesale level just build and not move into the retail uh, sector, which, of course, stopped homes from being sold and, and finished. Uh, we're, we, we're watching the same thing with containers, shipments of goods for the holiday shopping season. At one point, a record 68 ships in Long Beach Harbor, the principal, the principal port for Asian exports to the United States, 68 ships lined up, an all-time record, and it only occurred to the Biden administration in October that maybe we should work 24-7 to unload those ships. Uh, this is, this is, there are no accidents here. This disruption in our economy, the supply chain, uh, is no accident, and it's why the American people right now are looking at six-month delays to buy a, a vehicle, to buy a, whatever, the appliance. Furniture is a big backlog, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to interview. In fact, this, you're inspiring me. I think I'm going to interview some longshoremen. I think I'm going to go to the Longshoremen's Union and talk to them about some of their observations as to how this is being handled at the, you know, at the dock level. Great idea. What's going on? Well, what's going on as well, we've got the, the entire Democratic Party, it seems, focused on two things. That is preserving uh, critical race theory in our public schools and at the same time, uh, trying to put people who've been detained in some instances nine months because they were present at on january 6th in washington dc whether they committed a crime or not uh your thoughts about the energies that the democratic party is spending on those issues versus actually serving the national interest well, per usual, uh, we can find no further examples of schizophrenia. So we're supposed to believe that January 6th and, and the disturbance on the, at the Capitol was supposed to be as bad as the American Civil War or Pearl Harbor or any number of other, uh, you know, really historic tragedies in the, in the nation's history. Uh, now, you're, you're never going to hear me endorse and, and celebrate January 6th. Obviously, the whole thing got out of hand, and, uh, but, it, but it was not Pearl Harbor, a newsflash for Nancy Pelosi and company. Um, so let's get some perspective. Let's put it, put it where it needs to be with a long historical view. And then secondly, let's examine the, the actual record. Let's look at the legal record of what's happening in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. And there you see people being charged with unlawful assembly and parading. And no one's been charged with, quote unquote, insurrection. 
No one's been charged with sedition. No one's been charged with all these. You know, there's a lot of reckless language being thrown around by the left in an effort to really paint their political opposition as criminals and terrorists. And the facts are quite different. The facts are, while there were some violent people who smashed some things and, and you know, unlawfully entered certain spaces, a lot of other people were simply walking around doing nothing. And the fact that they're being held in jail for months and months on end in conditions that have been reported as being in really something out of the gulag. I mean, it's crazy, you know, 23 how hours. Many people, of, how many people do you believe have been detained who were just there walking around, as you put it, demonstrating, uh, uh, cheering on the Republic and, and Donald Trump, not trying to seize the U.S. Capitol? Yeah, I, I don't have a hard number, but I mean, it's hundreds, right? We know it's hundreds of people. And there are folks running around, you know, scouring the internet, trying to find pictures of people and to, to turn them in, in, in wonderful sort of East German Stasi style of, you know, uh, hey, my neighbor walked around the Capitol for 20 minutes, therefore he's a terrorist. I mean, it's just, again, it's perspective and it's discretion and uh, the, the, none of it's being used appropriately. But let me say it, if I can put it in, if, uh, forgive me for using Texas terms, but I just want the hard rock truth here. I want to know the facts. And if somebody committed a crime, I want them to go to jail. It's that straightforward. Correct. I don't want a single American held in, a, in jail over ridiculous charges that don't rise to the level of the radical fascist left uh, uh, rhetoric that is being spewed. And I expect the FBI, by God, to investigate and come to a conclusion that they test in court and to do so in a speedy manner. What they're doing is Soviet. To hold people without charges or with trumped up charges is unconscionable. And the Republican Party, by the way, in my opinion, I'm not going to just leave this at the feet of the, the Democrats. Where in the hell is the fundraising and the concern of the Republican Party to go in there and find out what's going on and be representing those people? There's, this should be happening now. It should No, it should have been happening months ago. Correct. It, immediately. And, and Correct. there's this ability to just in this country suddenly to numb everyone's senses and not care that a fellow citizen is sitting in a jail somewhere with ridiculous misdemeanor charges against him or her. This is outrageous on so many levels. It is, particularly when you put it in perspective of the lunatics out in Portland, the Antifa type crowd who spent 270 days attacking the federal courthouse there, trying to burn it to the ground and uh, and those people, you know, they walk away with nothing and they know who they are. They know who the groups are. They know who the, the ringleaders are out there. And you don't see I mean, the, the disparity in treatment is what makes people crazy. When you see people for 270 nights attacking a federal courthouse and it's all, oh, well, that's just the way it goes. Or to quote, you know, Nancy Pelosi, people are going to do what people are going to do. That was her quote on that. And you flip it around and you look at a couple of hours of, uh, you know, a lot of it, certainly there was violent behavior by some. And like you said, they should all be prosecuted. But a lot of other people were just kind of wandering around and then left. And they're not a threat to the republic or a danger to the community in any sense of the word. 
Well, no investigation that's been shared with the American people, all sorts of video has been uh, withheld from public view. Uh, this is an unconscionable act on the part of the Democrats. It's an unconscionable acceptance of outrageous un-American acts by those Democrats, by the Republican Party. As for the government itself, the Justice Department is where truth goes to die. It is yep. not where justice is served. Uh, as we learn with every passing week, it seems, in this country, much to our shame. I wanted to ask you about something we've talked about for a very long time. And Donald Trump the other day was talking about 10 million illegal immigrants in this country over the last few years. Now, we know that there's a possibility, a very real possibility, that the numbers are being understated and that there are factors when people are apprehended at the border that the Border Patrol uses to multiply, to get a good idea of how many people actually penetrated that border and, and safely got to wherever they were going inside the United States of America. They have a lot of help, don't they, from the Biden administration right now. Two million illegal immigrants are estimated to have crossed that border. And whether the factor you use is three or seven, whatever it is, we know there are millions of people in this country right now without lawful reason and who should not be permitted in this country. What can be done, in your opinion, given this administration, its policies, which are wide open borders, and more illegal immigrants are to be incentivized to come into the country? Well, like you said, you get more of what you incentivize or what you subsidize. It's a rule, an economic rule, <laughs> and it's a, a political rule. And so the Biden administration has zero interest in any law enforcement. In fact, on October 27th, a short while ago, Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, put out a memo outlawing five additional zones or areas that he says are forbidden for ICE agents to conduct any law enforcement activities. And it's places like any kind of school, right? Any kind of university school, trade school, anything. No school, they can't operate near a school. They can't operate in any sort of medical facility, clinic or hospital. They can't operate near or around any sort of church or religious organization. There's a list, there's five different zones or areas that Mallorca has forbidden ICE to mm -hmm. conduct any type of law enforcement activities at all, period. Right. Um, even social services, right? So, I mean, this is a, another example of them uh, the Biden administration, Mayorkas in particular, uh, prohibiting law enforcement from carrying out their duties. So if you think it's bad now, and there's millions of people in the country that we have no idea who they are, where, where they are, what they're doing, no accountability, it's only going to get worse. Uh, and so, so where do the American people turn, Chris? Because what we're looking at is a Republican Party that has permitted this. Uh, during even the uh, Trump administration, they fought him on the wall. They fought him yep. on the Mexico Remain policy. They fought him as he wanted to take on the drug cartels who, that are responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths of American citizens with their illegal drugs, uh, with their trafficking. Uh, and, and now we have a man who not only is permissive, but we have a man who is inviting further disaster, illegality, more deaths, and more uh, illegal immigrants into the country. And he is, he's a booster, 
for the Mexican Correct. drug cartels. Correct. Yeah, so the solution, I think, is going to end up being, once again, at the local level. So you're going to find, in some cases, a couple of courageous governors will do the right thing to reinforce and enhance law enforcement along the border. But I think it also ends up being communities around the country because the border, uh, the border's vanished, right? There, there is no real border. The border is in Iowa. The border is in northern New Jersey. The border is in because that's where that's where the, the, the people that are crossing the border go to for jobs, right? And that's where the these essentially these illegal alien communities, these pockets, resettle at the at the uh, at a at a community level, where it's really up to local people and and local law enforcement to create conditions that make it difficult for them to operate. And there's going to be a hell of a lot of litigation about it because every left wing group in the world is going to come in. And where a local community says, look, we're not going to have day labor center in our community. We're going to outlaw that. We don't want to subsidize criminal activity. I guarantee you, you know, all the usual cast of characters on the left will come in and litigate to explain how the sheriff or how the county, the, the county commission can't deny these people work. It's going to be a, a fight in the trenches. It's going to be a, a slug it out legal battle. Uh, but I think it really comes down to local communities simply saying, no, not here. You want to do this? Great. Go to California, go to New York, but you're not going to do it uh, in our community. We also have a pretty good idea, too, though, Chris, just how that's worked out. Uh, the Republicans hide behind those lawsuits. They don't have to do anything. Uh, they wait for the lawsuit to die. They wait for the issue to die, the people to move on. Whether And the Republican Party, uh, is is what's really surprising, I think, to many people, is a Republican Party is serving a corporate class that it that no longer gives a damn about Republicans and right. Well, it's, so. a, it's the Chamber because of Commerce crowd. Yeah, the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce already owns them, and uh, the Chamber of Commerce. And you look across the Republican Party in Congress or the Senate, they do the bidding of the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Roundtable. Uh, without so much as uh, a question mark about what what do I what's in it for me, uh, they don't care anymore. Uh, the the corporate community, uh, because they're aligned with the left. They're all about open borders. They're all about those illegal immigrants and that cheap labor that's being brought into the country across that southern border. Correct. Uh, it, it's it's outrageous, and the American people have only one place where they can control their lives, and and that's at the local level. And guess what? The Biden administration is trying to destroy even that level of control and influence at the community level by shipping in tens of thousands of illegal immigrants in the dark of night to inhabit those communities, those towns, those cities across the country without so much as a, without even so much as a squeak from the local authorities in many cases, but most of course, uh, particularly in blue states. Uh, your, th your thoughts about where we're headed right now uh, for this election, upcoming 2022, how important Donald Trump is? Yeah, I mean, uh, the point you just made about flying in Westchester County, New York, just above New York City, you know, there's midnight flights of illegal aliens being brought in to a, you know, a high dollar suburb of New York City. Uh, and it's just another effort to, to infiltrate people uh, where they would otherwise you know, be sort of obvious or objected to, or at least there'd be 
a discussion about, hey, what are we doing? Because look, the local community always has to eat the costs, housing, education, uh, healthcare, all the services, the local community always ends up eating despite all kinds of platitudes from the federal government. So like you said, it's always a local issue. With regard to the election, you know, the, there's a wonderful, uh, President Trump's future plans and the ambiguity surrounding that, whether he decides to run or not, gives him an enormous amount of power, a lot of juice, right? Because the left, he's the boogeyman of the left. They, they choose to blame him for everything. They're blaming Biden. Biden collapses, Biden idiotic uh, you know, decisions. They're still trying to blame on Trump. And as long as the former president is uh, out there sort of flirting with the future, he has tremendous political power and authority because he's still, despite the, the conventional kind of, you know, the, the mainstream establishment Republican orthodoxy, he still has all the power, all the attention, and uh, that makes them crazy. He has the potential, I believe, to uh, have a, an immense impact on 2022, depending on what he chooses to do and how he chooses to do it. Relitigating the election right now, 2020, from uh, from his uh, vantage point, I don't know if that is effective. Uh, he's, I think, right about much of what he says. We can say that there are sufficient incidences of fraud that there needs to be a, an investigation, if you will, into why the federal government did not investigate that fraud. Now, we don't know if that fraud rises to the level of having overturned or reversed a, a legitimate election, but we do know that there is enough evidence to raise the question. And that question exists in the millions of people's minds, including mine, uh, and we deserve answers. What we got was pat a pat on the head and told to go away. We're not going to bother with your your uh, your pitiful little questions about what happened in Wayne County or in Pennsylvania. We don't know if they were indeed enough, if there was enough skullduggery to have changed the outcome, but we do know that the outcome is not what was reported because there was fraud of various types and we deserve answers. And those answers were denied because the federal government, and in particular, uh, William Barr, the attorney general, refused to investigate any of those incidents. But isn't it interesting that Merrick Garland is quite willing to investigate a school board uh, for uh, alleged but not proved threats against that school board by parents uh, discussing, among other things, critical race theory. Or, or Anthony Blinken, or Anthony Blinken at the State Department inviting in foreigners to audit our elections and to give us an inspection in our human rights uh, history. I mean, the idea that Blinken is at the UN inviting them in to conduct audits and inspections. And you talk about insulting. We had the Chinese, you're going to come in and have them audit our, our election. That's what he's asking well. for. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't show up at Disney World or Disneyland as they did in China uh, to uh, put uh, 34,000 guests uh, to hold them until they could be tested for COVID. Uh, the Chinese way, you know, they're just like us. They're uh, they're basically nice people and would never be coercive and totalitarian, these communists. Uh, Chris Farrell. It is, you get the last word here. It's a, it's been a delight speaking with you and I look forward to our next discussion. You get the last word.
Great to be with you, Lou. Thank you so much to be on this, on your show again. And uh, you know, as, as grim as it is, uh, we are to never lose hope. Never ever lose hope. There's a lot of stuff we can talk about that uh, is more than disturbing. It's it, it's actually you know verges on terrifying. But uh, we bring these things up and we talk about them to force accountability, and that's what uh, Judicial Watch is all about. You know, we hold the government accountable. We get government records and documents and we make them public so that you have an informed opinion and you have actual records and government uh, government documents to look at so that you're not guessing, you're not wondering, you have real evidence that you can use to explain why you believe what you believe. Chris Farrell, again, thank you. Chris Farrell with us uh, today, Director of Investigations and Research for Judicial Watch. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you, Lou. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.